Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Season 2 of Welfare, the weekly running podcast with me, Amy Lane. Whether you're just starting out or out to PB, what you need to help you on your training journey, you'll find right here. From tracking your runs to syncing your miles with your menstrual cycle, my expert guests have you covered. Each week, you'll get the news you can use, expert interviews, and a well-chilled guided cool-down session so you can finish every run strong. By subscribing to this podcast, you've already taken the first step. So now let's take the next one too. Let go of the beliefs that you can't do it and let's learn how you can. Hi all, welcome back. I can't believe we're on week three of Welfare season two already. Time is just flying. Last week we learned about how tech can power up your running. And so this week, let's turn that chat over to food. We're in the studio with nutritionist Anita Bean, who's also an international author and former champion athlete. She talks about why so many athletes are turning to meat-free diets and how you too can easily make the shift to plant-based eating. Your yoga flow this week is led by the brilliant Kirsty Gallagher. She has the most amazing juicy flow for your runner's tight spots. So everyone, the best thing that I've read this week or the thing that I think will help you guys out the most is a study into how long you can skip runs and workouts before your fitness takes a hit. Research conducted at the University of Liverpool could hold the answer to this question. Their study asked 28 individuals who typically walked over 10,000 steps a day to basically become sedentary. After 14 days, the researchers analysed the participants' overall fitness levels. They found that overall fitness had dropped by as much as 4% and that body fat had started to creep up. So basically what they found is you can pause your training for about two weeks before you really see a change. But also you shouldn't stress about this because what they also found out is that it only takes about two weeks to reverse this. So essentially you can lose your fitness in two weeks, but you can also regain it. So let's all book that winter holiday, shall we? Right then, I'm going to head into the studio and let's get cracking with today's show. I am so happy to be back in the studio with Anita Bean, who I am sure you will recognise from season one, who came into the Welfare Studio to help us all out with our running nutrition. And she is back today to talk specifically about how to use plant-based power to fuel your running journey. Welcome, Anita. Thank you very much for having me again. Lovely to be back. Oh, isn't it? I can't believe it was six months ago or a bit longer that we were in the studio. Time goes. And in that time, there has been... Even more people switch from a normal diet to a plant-based diet. I think the stats are something around one in five people are now vegan, is it? And yeah, of vegan or vegetarian. And um, a total of one in three people have actually cut down or cut out meat altogether over the past 12 months. So it has become a really popular way of eating. It's not simply a fad or simply a trend. It really is 
here to stay and particularly amongst sports people. I mean, there are lots of examples of people across all kinds of sports, certainly many marathon runners, endurance runners, you know, the ultra runners, um, plant-based eating is really popular amongst them. But, you know, high-profile athletes like Lewis Hamilton, David Hay, we've got Adam Peter, who recently announced that he stopped eating red meat. We've got Tom Daly, the diver, um, Venus and Serena Williams, the tennis sisters, yeah. they, they're both vegan. So there are lots of examples of highly successful athletes who no longer eat meat. Do you think it's because of the headlines linking eating meat to cancer? Or do you think it's actually that athletes are making a switch because there's gains to be made from a plant-based diet? Yeah, there are a variety of reasons why people are now choosing to adopt a plant-based approach. And in fact, the latest report, which came out from Ipsos in August of this year, found that health was cited as the number one reason. Roughly half of the respondents said health was the main reason. But the other main reasons are weight management. Not that I think that's necessarily a good reason. But anyway, that was one that's cited by people. Um, concern over animal welfare and also concerns about environment and sustainability and that's a really strong reason actually particularly amongst the under 35s but on top of that we've got campaigns like Veganuary we've got Meat Free Mondays and they're really starting to have an impact as are you know influencers you know social media and so on so you know the word is spreading really very very rapidly when it comes to health headlines, you mentioned you know the carcinogenic effects of meat, cancer-causing effects of meat. Of course, this pops up fairly regularly in in the health press and, and the mainstream media as well. Now, what we know is that um, you know the big organisations like the World Cancer Research Fund, they have highlighted over the last ten years or so in all of their reports that meat and processed meat in particular is actually a cause of cancer. So it's definitely a cause of cancer. But, you know, there is a big but. <laughs> we're, not, we're not fear-mongering, we're not scare-mongering at all. It's, it's all related to, to dose and frequency. And actually, it's the relative risk that sounds quite scary, but the absolute risk is relatively small. But they ha having said that, they have recommended that ideally we should be having a zero intake of processed meat. So we're talking about you know, sausages, bacon, ham, anything that's cured or, or smoked. And they've set a limit of 500 grams per week for meat consumption. And actually the, the National Health Service have set a limit of 70 grams of meat per day. So they recognise that meat is potentially carcinogenic, but they're not saying that it will definitely give you cancer at any amount. It's it's very much related to the, the amount that you consume. And it's really important to say, to stress that, you know, whilst there are many benefits of plant-based eating, at the same time, we mustn't scare people about eating meat because, of course, you know, the way we eat is very much a matter of choice that's based on core values. And that changes throughout people's lifestyles as well, I mean, or life mm. stages. I went through a stage where I would say that I was pretty much 95% plant-based. I'm not there now. Um, okay. I, I eat, I eat yep. bits of meat when I go out and I really, really enjoy it. Okay. I like a bit of everything. But So I suppose um, 
talking about plant-based diets today. You've got a new cookbook coming out, which is The Vegetarian Meals in 30 Minutes, 100 Recipes for Fitness. Absolutely. So this one is aimed at not just athletes, which was the last one was, but actually turned out that most of the people who bought my book weren't actually athletes. But there were people <laughs> there were people who worked out in the gym, who went running or went jogging even, or people who just enjoyed being active, really. So I wanted to widen the scope of this book and make it really clear that it's for anyone who enjoys a fitness lifestyle or just enjoys keeping active. Amazing. And so during that process, and obviously in your career as a nutritionist, you must have researched a lot into the benefits of a plant-based diet and chewed over the science. Can you share some of them with us today, please? Yes, absolutely. What we do know from the research is that, I suppose there's two aspects. One relates to health, the other one will relate to performance. So we can Mm. talk about both. There is obviously a great big overlap, but we'll talk about sort of the, the, the two aspects. So first of all, when it comes to health, we know from population studies that people who follow a plant-based diet or a vegetarian diet or a vegan diet have got a significantly lower risk of cardiovascular disease and certain cancers. And in fact, the the biggest population-based study that's been carried out is called the EPIC study, E-P-I-C. It stands for the European Prospective Investigation into Cancer nutrition and um, this is an ongoing study it's been going on for 20 years perhaps just a little bit longer than that half a million people and they have yes so it's a a big study it's one that you've got to to look at and take seriously so they have definitely found that the people who follow a a vegetarian diet have got a significantly reduced risk of the heart disease stroke type 2 diabetes certain cancers lower blood pressure Um, they tend to have a lower body weight but body mass index as well so there seem to be very many health benefits associated with it We've got other population studies as well. So, of course, it can be related to the diet, but at the same time, I have to add, really, because I'm scientifically trained, it could also be other aspects of their lifestyle. Mm. So vegetarians, people who are into plant-based diets, are more likely to be switched on to health generally. They're more likely to be active and exercising and less likely to have sort of destructive or harmful health behaviours. Mm. So that's that's one aspect is the health. And the second aspect relates to performance, athletic performance and, and exercise. Well, there is a lot of good evidence that it can certainly support performance. And what we know, in fact, I say a lot of evidence, there have actually really only been eight reputable trials looking at vegetarian versus uh, a meat-eating diet and then comparing the performance. The answer is... And, and this was actually the findings of a big review 2016 by Australian researchers. There is actually no difference. So in other words, it doesn't disadvantage you by cutting out meat. It doesn't have a detrimental effect on any aspect of physical performance. So in other words, whether you choose to go completely plant-based or meat-eating, it won't, it won't have a detrimental effect. But having said that, there was um, a study that was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition only two years ago, 2017, that found that there was actually no difference between those who consumed animal proteins, including meat, and those who were completely plant-based. They had the same muscle mass the same strength and actually I think the most 
the most interesting, so that really appeals to me, which was carried out at um, Arizona State University, so this is in, in America, in 2017, they compared the performance, the strength and the cardiovascular performance of vegetarians and meat eaters. And they found no difference in the men, but actually for the women, there was actually an improvement um, amongst the vegetarian women. They, they had a higher level of cardiorespiratory fitness compared to those who ate meat. And the cardio fitness is really interesting for runners. Yes, of course. It's so, crucial. Yes. Yeah, really yeah. crucial. Because my big thing is I would be concerned for so long we've had it hammered down our throats or shoved down our throats even to that protein, protein. is such a big thing and you have to have it for recovery and if you don't have your protein, you're not going to yeah. recover properly. But then a big concern is how do you... Yeah get that protein on a plant-based diet. Absolutely. That is the biggest myth out there is that you won't be able to perform as well or recover as well if you take out meat and, and the, your protein goes down. But the truth is, is that you can get enough protein from a plant-based diet. Right. But there are two things to remember. There are, there are many, many sources. I'll say that first of all. So many sources. So there are two categories of protein, the complete proteins that contain all of the essential amino acids and then there's the incomplete proteins that contain some, but not all of the essential amino acids. So if some of one or two might be there in low amounts, then that, that can affect the overall utilisation of all the aminos. So the important thing on a plant-based diet is to check that you're getting a whole variety of these. Right. The second thing to remember is actually there are a few plant-based foods that do supply all of the amino, all of these essential amino acids. We're talking about the seeds, hemp, soya products. So these these are, uh, if you like, complete proteins. Oh, and quinoa is is the other one. So there are four types of proteins that will allow you to get these. But of course, you're not going to be consuming these in huge amounts. So. Once you understand that we need a whole mixture of proteins, a whole variety of proteins, then we've got a long list to choose from. Yeah. Um, being vegetarian myself, I like to give people a whole list. These are all the foods that I like eating. So if you're vegetarian, obviously you've got dairy and eggs. But if you're not vegetarian, if you are completely vegan or completely yeah. pulp-based, then we've got all kinds of nuts and seeds, nut butters, so almond butters, a whole, whole variety there. We've got beans, we've got lentils, we've got whole grains, we've got quinoa, we've got even things like tahini, we've got tofu. So there is a whole variety to choose from. So two things now. First, you have to make sure that you consume enough. It's not enough to just put a little spread of peanut butter on your toast. That won't give you more than a couple of grams of protein. It's not enough to have one or two falafels. You'd need to have four or five. So the protein is more dilute in these foods. So do make sure you have enough. And then secondly, do make sure that you have a few different proteins over the course of the day. It'd be good to have them in the same meal, but it's not essential. So, you know, a great meal, for example, in my books would be something like a pui lentil bolognese, which I would serve with either pasta or brown rice. So you've got a you know, at least two different proteins. I always like to sprinkle some nuts or something on oh, top of you? my food or cheese. I mean, I'm vegetarian, so I often add cheese to food and they've got everything there in one go. But if you're having something like, say, a chickpea spinach curry, again, you've got your chickpeas, your protein, I would serve it with rice or some other kind of grain and I would probably stir in some cashew nuts. So you've got a big variety. So that's the, really the most important thing it's, as a vegan. So for the people which are just debating it, then how do you figure out 
like portion sizes of them because when you're eating meat or animal source protein it's far easier to to have a portion and know how much protein you're getting from it because like you've just said you get a little bit from everywhere so for sure yes I mean generally if I'm talking to people and telling them how much protein I have I say well protein the amount of protein put in your plate would be roughly the amount you put on the palm of your hand but that really is very very average so when it comes to plant-based sources let me give you a couple of examples to make life easier I suppose that the the magic target that an, a runner would need mm. um, per meal would be around about 20 grams of protein, so between 15 and 25, depending on your body size. So you would get this 20 grams of protein from a tin of beans, but of course you wouldn't just have a tin of beans in a meal. It would be probably half a tin of beans would be a good portion. You'd then combine that with a similar volume of rice or grains of some kind and that would give you your 20 grams. Another example would be about 500 mils of some kind of milk, so either soya milk or dairy milk if you're not completely plant-based. Another example would say having tofu, um, you'd get 20 grams in about 150 grams of tofu, so that's just to give you an idea. it is a fairly hefty portion. So okay. as I said, we're not talking about a single falafel. You would probably need to have about half a dozen really to get the ideal amount, particularly for a runner. But please don't get too pedantic about it. If it's a bit low in one meal, try and get a bit more in the next. But we do need to have protein in every meal. So breakfast, lunch and dinner. We know that that's the best way to accelerate recovery and to promote muscle building after exercise and muscle recovery after exercise you want to distribute your protein in your breakfast lunch and dinner try and get some protein in your snacks so we're talking about things like nuts and seeds good good for snacks it could be peanut butter on toast and something like that would be a good snack as well with a little bit of protein in it i like making my own bars so recovery bars and energy bars with which have got nuts and dried fruit in so combining dates with with almonds with cashews a few seeds as well so I really like doing that and that's a good way to get your nuts and without having peanut butter and everything <laughs> what are dates good for for after running what, why, why are they featuring in your recovery bar okay so dates uh, the, I suppose the magic of dates um, you will find them in all of these fruit and nut and energy bars that you buy from the shops as well because not only do they supply you with quite fast absorbed carbohydrates you also get a little bit of fibre in them and they they're they're almost like nature's glue it's a good way of holding everything together so you have some dates there you can also add some other types of dried fruit like raisins or dried apricots and then you can add different types of nuts and seeds but it kind of it helps everything stick together okay there's nothing really intrinsically magic about dates so on a long run actually dates are a a good medjool dates are really handy to carry because they're easy yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I hadn't thought about that actually because the other weekend I'd was doing a long run and I hadn't this this training cycle I haven't been that diligent with everything that I need and so it's always it's been a little bit last minute because mm-hmm. um, life is busy and then suddenly I found that I had no running gels and I do use running gels right. on a long run right and I was going around my kitchen going 
what what's a good equivalent? And I had dates, date. but I didn't think of that. Ah, well, the next time, I'm um, dates. So there are a lot of um, ultra runners who will take literally pocketfuls of medjool dates, and they'll have one every twenty or thirty minutes on their run because, uh, as you say, that's like a same thing as an energy gel, actually. And, and that, I think they taste nicer, yeah. personally. And that's actually really interesting because I had a lot of people say to me, "Do you use running gels? I'm trying to cut down my sugar." And obviously. It, we all know that actually you need sugar whilst out yeah. on these long runs. Yeah. So that that's a good one. So guys, if you're not into running gels and you want something more natural to refuel on, stuff your pockets with dates. Yes. Good. Oh, that's such a good one. So what we've just been speaking about there as well is macros, so protein and carbs. But one of the things that um, my listeners were saying to me is that it's actually micros as well that they're a bit worried about when switching to a plant-based diet. Do you have to be mindful of that? Yes. Now, if you are vegetarian, so you're still having dairy products, there's less to worry about. Probably the only nutrients that you really need to think about would perhaps be the omega-3s that we get mainly from oily fish. So if you're not having fish, you'll need to get your omega-3s from other sources. Best sources literally are seeds such as kia seeds, flax seeds and walnuts. But again, you'd need to have quite a lot, at least a tablespoonful per day. So that's that's possible, but not everybody's quite that committed to having kiosies on a daily or walnut. I love walnuts actually. But um, so in those cases, a simple supplement that's based on algae oil. So if you go for a vegetarian omega-3 supplement it's based on algae oil um that's a really good source so they taste a bit grim taste nothing and they oh. taste of nothing they're, oh, they're much better than regular omega-3s for sure okay so those that's the main one if you're vegetarian but if you are vegan then yes you do need to be much more diligent about getting certain nutrients the first one would be calcium because if you're not having dairy products then of course you need to work a little bit harder on getting calcium from other sources best sources of vegans would be tofu because it's actually made with calcium I feel like it's got added calcium that's put in there during the manufacturing process so tofu is a good source soy milk or actually any non-dairy milk like almond milk that is fortified with calcium so do just check i think nowadays most brands certainly most chilled brands um, have got added calcium and added B vitamins. That's one thing to to, to look out for. Uh, You can get small amounts of calcium in dark green leafy vegetables, your kale, spinach and so on. There are one or two other sources, but again, you need quite high amounts. So I think getting your your calcium from plant milks is probably your, your best option there. Vegans definitely need to make sure they're getting enough vitamin B12. If you're not getting enough B12, then that could result in anemia, which will definitely have an impact on your energy levels, fatigue, particularly during exercise. So B12, you can get from fortified foods like the plant milks that we've just mentioned. So do just check that the brand, if you're getting a mainstream brand, you'll know it's got B12 in it. And that's absolutely fine. You can also get it from Marmite and other yeast extracts, which are available. So yeah. just just check that, and you can get B12 if you're taking a multivitamin 
supplement, you'll probably be getting your B12 that way. You don't necessarily have to get a separate one and really panic about it. Um, other nutrients you might need to look at would be your iron, because obviously meat is a rich source. If you take that out of your diet, you'll need to get your iron, which you can actually easily get from nuts, beans, lentils and whole grains. So all the, if you like, the key foods, your staple foods in a vegan diet. So I've been vegetarian all my life. Occasionally I have a blood test for something else. They look at my iron levels. It's always been perfectly right and I don't take iron supplements. But of course, you know, if you're not having a lot of these staple foods that I've just mentioned, it's a good idea perhaps to either have your your just a simple blood test, mm. which you can get from your doctors periodically, particularly if you are a hard training athlete. If you're a serious athlete, I think it's probably quite a good idea. You can also get it from, there's a few different brands, but they do it by post. And so um, I've oh, done it before okay. with one called MediKits. Yes. And yes. it was actually when I was training and I, th- I think it was about 80 quid. I mean, not the cheapest, but also really good insight into your body. So it did my hormones and it did all my like my vitamins and minerals and stuff. And I did it knowing that I had somebody I could then take the information to. I yeah, had that's a, key. That's absolutely key. To help me work mm-hmm. through it. Because I've, okay. I've heard a lot of people do these tests and then they panic because they can't like understand yeah. can't compute the information but yeah it is interesting to actually have yeah. a snapshot isn't yeah. it of so iron you can get you know if, if you are plant-based you can get iron of course from you know your whole grains your beans and lentils but a good uh, tip to remember is have a source of vitamin c at the same time and that will increase your iron absorption. So we're talking of vitamin C you can get from most fruit and vegetables. So we're talking about balanced meal, really. So if you include your veg, include your fruit in your meals, then you're probably going to be all right. It's not hard. I mean, I don't want to sort of say there's a long list because there isn't. And quite honestly, if you are sticking to the staple foods in a vegan diet, you're, you're beans and lentils, chickpeas, your whole grains, a good variety of vegetables and fruit and some nuts and some seeds. So those are your staple foods. You will be getting most likely all the nutrients that you need. But of course, so just check that you're getting your B12 in as well. Okay. <laughs> One of the things that you've mentioned quite a lot is beans and pulses. Mm, I have. <laughs> How can people eat a lot of these and not get gassy? Okay, Um, that is a very common fear and complaint of a lot of people. I I think that the number one piece of advice that I would have is to start slowly and build up gradually. That way your body adapts, because basically what's happening is that you're feeding those bacteria in your gut, the microbes in your gut. So they are feasting on the the fibre, which has we call them prebiotics. And as a side effect, they, they produce gas so it's completely natural completely normal but of course you need to build up if you suddenly give you know too much food to your existing microbial population they will produce an awful lot of gas in one go and of course that will make you feel uncomfortable and the other tip i would say is don't panic about the gas so (laughs) you just have to literally learn to live with it but as i said if you build up gradually you know don't go from naught to 60 in one day and it's also a case some people got more sensitive guts than others so do listen to your body try and work out which foods agree with you and maybe there are some that you find are best to keep down smaller amounts 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What was really interesting a minute ago is you talked about microbes in the gut. And one of the things which I've noticed recently, or a thing that which has been in the news and in features, is a term called leaky gut. Oh, okay. Yes. Are yes. they are they connected? Yes. The leaky gut and the gut microbes, or are they two separate yes. things? So, um, just just wind back for a few moments. Yes. So, one of the big benefits of a plant based diet is that it will also benefit your gut health. It literally feeds these these gut microbes. It's this is largely bacteria, but also other microorganisms that live in your gut, and they produce beneficial compounds. They're called short chain fatty acids that have numerous health benefits on your body that supports your immune system, all sorts of things, um, benefits your cardiovascular health. And we now know also benefits your performance. We know that they can help to, these short chain fatty acids help to reduce inflammation. So that's an important aspect of recovery. Also reduces oxidative stress. This is something that occurs during intense exercise. So basically by having a healthy gut microbiota is this population, this trillions of bacteria and and viruses that live in your gut. Having a healthy gut um, bacterial population can support endurance performance, it can support recovery and lower inflammation. So what happens if you're not getting enough fibre, you're not feeding the healthy bacteria, you're altering the balance of different types of microbes in your gut. And if you don't have these healthy microbes, then that will affect the gut lining. And this is really what we're getting to now is with this so-called leaky gut syndrome. It means that the gut lining, which is the mucosal layer, becomes thinner. And that means that certain bacteria and toxins even can can leak. I'll put that in inverted commas. So we haven't okay. got uncon- it's not uncontrolled leaking, but it's it's a slow seepage through the, the the gut wall and into the body. So the barrier becomes less effective. So that's all called this so-called leaky mm. gut sy- syndrome. And the way to to reduce this is by feeding your microbes, is by by improving your gut health. Best way to do that is by including more plants, you know, more more polyphenols, more fibre in your diet. Wow. So eating pl- a plant-based diet really, really can improve your running. 
Yes, in many ways. And we've, we've got studies to support that as well. We know certainly from animal studies, um, there have been studies done which have actually shown that those who have got a healthy gut microbiota have got increased endurance. There's also a study with runners that found that when they were given probiotics, if you think this is a fast track way to temporary good gut health, yeah. that again, they had improved endurance performance. So I do believe that there will be more and more research on this. Um, we know that by by really looking after your gut health, by improving your gut health, it will benefit not only your overall health, but also your, your athletic performance, your physical performance. It will improve your recovery, reduce your rate of injury as well. So I think it's a really exciting thing to be to, to be looking at right now especially when you start on a running like so most running journey, journeys often start when you enter a race mm. and so you go from kind of just having this one lifestyle and then you suddenly start pounding your body over and over and over in a training program so I suppose mm. anything which you can do to kind of help it deal with the inflammation is a, is a good yes, thing exactly. even if it's You're just support- a small yes exactly you are supporting all this myriad of processes, your body's metabolism. We know that you know a healthy gut microbiota reduces your inflammation. It improves the metabolism, and it can improve body composition, improve immunity, and all of these things are really key when it comes to good running performance. You yeah. need good immunity. You need a good functioning immune system because you don't want to be taking days off through illnesses, and that's something that is all too common amongst many runners. Yeah, <laughs> God, it is an injury. Last year when I was training for London Marathon I found that I kind of like edged towards a plant-based diet because I actually needed to eat more carbohydrates as I was upping my mileage do you think that is um, a good thing for people to be doing so when they when they are training ordinarily if you if you eat a normal just eat a normal diet you eat everything you eat animal products Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people can then just start dialing down their meat but just dialing up their white carbs Yes, although you still have to make sure that you are having a balanced diet. So in other words, you're getting all the macros and nutrients. So it's not just a case of piling in the carbohydrates, which of course, you know, more miles means more energy equals more carbohydrate, particularly when it comes to endurance running. But you do also need to make sure that if you are taking out the meat that you are putting back enough protein, protein. from other sources so you're, you're we're going back to your pulses and the soya <laughs> products as well so you know don't just have more bread but of course if you're having bread make it whole meal because obviously that you've got more the fiber this will foster your a healthy gut um, but a whole meal bread will um, actually does contain protein as well it's not pure carbs a lot of people don't realize that about 12 percent by weight is protein so that that will count towards your overall protein intake but make sure that you are obviously getting other sources as well from the the pulses the nuts the seeds um one of the things that people ask me on Instagram when I put a call out actually saying that I was back in the studio with you and what did what did people want to know about plant-based eating and running was that they asked, are protein powders necessary? Obviously, we've spoken about the need of protein within a diet and you're saying yes, that you can get yes. them from all of these pulses and legumes and things. Should they be having protein okay. powder too? Generally, no, because the, the the main emphasis has got to be on a food-based approach. Mm. The reason being is that you'll get a wider variety of nutrients. You've got to look at the nutrient profile of your diet. So once you've made sure that you're having bigger portions, you're having good variety of protein sources then you might want to think, well, am I really getting enough? And if you've got very high needs, so if you have got high mileage, 
per week or you're doing some added weight training, for example. So your your energy expenditure is really high, which means therefore that you'll need proportionally more protein. You may need to consider having supplementation, but I think this really only applies to vegans, not necessarily vegetarians. I think vegetarians actually can get enough from dairy products and eggs. So if you're a vegan, you might want to be looking at perhaps adding a little bit of vegan protein powder. I know when I have analysed the diets of vegan runners, particularly those who are doing high mileages, it is often quite difficult for them to meet the minimum recommendation for protein because they can't physically eat enough beans, lentils and chickpeas. So I think for those cases, it's entirely realistic to add protein powder. Most of the vegan protein powders are based on rice and soya and pea protein. In my opinion, they don't taste great. So I think you need to work quite hard at disguising the taste, mm. either in a smoothie or perhaps stirred into porridge. Um, those, those are really the best ways of, of getting your vegan protein in. Yeah. I've, has, I've had some your terrible face. tasting <laughs> ones. I think the more they try and make it taste like something else, like a tiramisu. Like, yeah, I yeah. don't want a tiramisu in a drink form. No, like, no. no, thank you. No, There's some good vanilla, like I've found some vanilla ones, which That's don't taste too bad. That's usually the most bad. successful flavour, actually. Yeah. But yes, you're right. All these wacky ones, of peanut butter, chocolate, caramel flavour ones, just end up tasting dreadfully false and sweet. Yeah, and then you've got the other end of it, which are the unflavoured ones. And it's like, that's just it too tastes, much for me. It's it like just chewing on a toilet great. roll. Yes, it is. Very cardboard. It's got a very distinctive beanie flavour that's actually quite difficult to mask. Yeah. <laughs> so if people are transitioning to a plant-based diet, how will they judge if it is working for them or perhaps it hinders their athletic performance? Or is there anything to watch out for when you are moving, you're changing your diet as an as somebody who yeah. exercises? Yeah. The best indicator is how you feel, how much energy you feel that you have. If you find that you your energy levels really are flagging over time, so week after week, you're, you're really struggling to complete your workouts. You're finding them tougher. Perhaps your times are getting slower. You know that something's going wrong and that you are, you're essentially under-fueling. And that probably is the most common thing that I see with all my vegan athletes. It's easy to under-fuel. That mm-hmm. means you're not getting enough calories you're not getting enough food so you don't need to panic necessarily at this point about iron or b12 but just getting enough food so the other thing to look out for is slow recovery so if you find that you really are struggling to recover between your runs if you find that your legs still feel like jelly at the start of the run you know that you need to pay a lot more attention to refueling you need to get your carbs and your protein back after each and every run because it is a really common mistake is just not having enough food as a vegan runner so pay attention to that so i've seen in the new like in the athletic world that actually people have been saying that they're eating a vegan diet um, to really control their food but actually it's been masking an eating disorder yes unfortunately veganism has become rather caught up in the sphere of dieting and obsessive eating behavior and we are seeing more and more athletes developing disordered eating and orthorexia which is really an obsession with eating correctly and this can result in underfueling or what we call energy deficiency there is a fancy scientific mm. term for it so it's relative energy deficiency in sport and that can have a number of really quite 
drastic health consequences. It can impact on your hormones. It can really have a major disruption on your body's hormonal levels, lower oestrogen levels, and that means that you will lose your period. That has a big negative impact on your bones. It can lead to, to weaker bones, but all sorts of other things. And you know, the fatigue that we talked about mm. earlier, that is a really big clue. So I am really concerned that there are many people switching to a plant-based diet under the guise of health or performance. But in fact, it is a socially acceptable excuse perhaps for dieting and for obsessive eating behaviour. And that's really is something that I'm concerned about. So for everyone that's listening in, plant-based diet does have many, many benefits, yeah. but it isn't going to solve, solve everything. Solve everything. No, yeah. no, it can actually create more problems. Um, so that's why it's so important that you ensure if you are going to become plant-based, you've got the, you're doing it for the right reasons. And with the right knowledge, which, Enough which knowledge, yes. you have shared today. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for, guys. But I have really, really enjoyed our chat with Anita today. Thank you so much. It's always lovely talking to you, Amy. So thank oh. you for having me. <laughs> so guys, if this has wet the appetite and you are now hungry for more information, please do grab a copy of Anita's book, Vegetarian Meals in 30 Minutes, 100 plus recipes for fitness. I know I'm going to be adding one to the Christmas list. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Ted, add that to the list. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Hi, I'm Kirsty Gallagher, and I'm going to take you through a short, well-chill yoga flow. This is a nice and simple floor-based class to help you to cool down and stretch out your lower body after your run. For this short class, you'll need to be barefoot, on a mat if you have one, but otherwise the floor will do, and you need a strap or a dressing gown cord or tie, whatever you have to hand. Once you have these things, come to lie down on your back. Bend your knees and place your feet down flat on the floor. Take your knees out as wide apart as the edges of your mat and knock the knees in together. Bring both of your hands to your belly, or one to your belly and one to your chest. And begin to take really long, slow, deep breaths. Each time you inhale, feel the breath fill the body. Each time you exhale, feel the whole of the body start to relax. As you do this for just a few more breaths, feel the heart rate start to slow down. The body begin to chill. We'll use this same breath now the whole way throughout our practice. We'll hold each pose for around a minute to give you time to be here. So keeping the feet wide apart, take now your knees wide as well and begin to drop both of your knees over to the left and then both of your knees over to the right. Allowing the arms just to fall wherever they're comfortable, wherever they need to go. A few more times, allowing the knees to drop left and then right. Feel the lower back, the belly, the legs start to release and open. And then the next time both of your knees come over to the right, keep the knees over to the right-hand side. With both of the knees dropped over towards the right, begin to feel now the front of the left leg gently begin to open. 
imagining that you're rolling the left inner thigh and knee down towards the bottom edge of your mat. If you have a little bit more space in your body, you might start to wiggle the left foot a little bit further out towards the left. You might bring the right ankle on top of the left thigh to guide the stretch just a little bit deeper. And now return back to your breath. And take a final couple of really long, slow, deep breaths, just breathing into the front of your left leg. Allowing the quad and the hip flexor to gently begin to release. Let's take two more breaths here. At the end of your next breath, just really slowly release yourself back to centre again. The feet stay wide and once more start to drop the knees from side to side. Feeling that gentle release through the body. And then the next time both of your knees drop over towards the left, let's stay here. This time feeling the front of the right leg start to open as you imagine the right inner thigh and the right knee just gently lengthening down towards the bottom edge of the mat. If you've got the space on this side, bearing in mind one side may be a little tighter than the other, you might start to gently wiggle your right foot a little further out towards the right. And maybe, just maybe, the left ankle might come on top of the right thigh. Use the weight of the left ankle to really gently pull the stretch a little deeper. And then return to your breath, breathing into the front of your right leg. Let's take two more breaths here. As we open through quads, through hip flexor. When you finish this next breath, slowly draw your knees back to centre and walk your feet in together until your feet now are about hip width apart. Bring your right ankle over your left knee. Take a moment here to really flex into your right foot and feel the right hip lightly move down away from the right side ribs, giving you more space around the hip. And then without using the hands to begin with, so no hands, draw both of the knees in towards the chest. As the knees come in towards the chest to begin to feel your right hip and start to add a little gentle rocking movement that might be side to side or backwards forwards to just start to release out your hip after your run. And if this moving around feels good for you, you might stay with this. Otherwise, now interlocking the fingers behind the back of your left thigh into thread the needle and drawing both of the knees gently a little closer in towards your chest. Be mindful here that you keep the right hip moving down away from the rib. And if you want a little bit more, ever so gently lean your weight a little bit over towards the left. Let's take a final two breaths here into this right side. When you're finished with this breath, very gently release your left foot back down onto the floor. 
Take the strap, the tie, whatever it is you have to hand around the ball of the right foot, just beneath the toes, and start to stretch your right leg straight up into the air. As you take the right leg straight up into the air, don't worry how close in towards the leg comes. But instead, feel as though you can press the right hip back down into its socket, very gently pulling down on the feet with the strap and very gently pressing the foot back up into the strap again to add a little bit of resistance. Each inhale, imagine lengthening the hamstring, the back of your right leg. Each time you exhale, very gently pulling the leg a little closer in towards you. Take two more breaths here. And now from here, straighten out through your left leg. Take both sides of the strap into your left hand. If you imagine a big clock face in front of you, your right leg up in the air is now at 12 o'clock. I want you to begin to take the right leg over to the left towards where 11 o'clock would be. And now breathe here. We're coming now into the outside of the leg around the TFL. Imagine again the outer hip rolling a little further down towards the floor as you gently pull the toes up towards your face and breathe into what might now be a little bit more of an intense stretch. Let's take this a little bit deeper. Keep taking the right leg a little bit further over towards the left until you now come to where about nine o'clock would be. And now we start to move the stretch into the ITV. Keep breathing, breathing through this. Rolling the outer right hip down as you gently pull the toes a little bit higher. And for these last few breaths, press into your right heel. Imagine pushing the heel away from you as this will now intensify the stretch. You've just got two more breaths to go. Take one more. Really slowly draw the right leg back up into the air again. Take one more big breath with the right leg straight up into the air. And then slowly release your right leg all the way down onto the floor. So your two legs are flat on the floor. Close your eyes for a moment. And just notice the difference in the two sides of your body. Let's make you balanced. Bend back into the knees again. Place both of the feet down flat onto the floor. And this time bring the left ankle over the right knee. Take a moment to flex through into your left foot. Move your left hip a little further down away from the left side ribs. And then with no hands, draw the knees in towards your chest. As the knees come in towards the chest and you meet that little bit of tightness or tension, that little niggle in the hips, start to gently respond to that by moving. A little sway side to side, backwards, forwards, whatever feels good for you as you just allow your body to release. And then you may stay here with the moving. Or you may interlock the fingers now behind the back of your right thigh, imagining gently pulling the knees closer in towards you. Breath stays really smooth, really deep. 
thinking about taking the left tip a little further down away from you. And if you want that little more for these last few breaths, lean the weight of the lower half of your body a little bit over towards the right. Feel that extra little bit of opening in the hip. Let's take two more breaths. And now right foot comes down onto the floor. Strap goes around the ball of the toes on the left foot, straighten the left leg up towards the sky. Make the left leg as straight as it can be. Don't worry how far in it comes. And once more, go through that process of grounding and rooting down. Let the left hip get really heavy. Gently pull down on the foot with the strap. Gently press the foot back up into the strap again. Draw your shoulders down away from your ears, your shoulder blades into the floor. Now each inhale, breathe up the back of the left leg, finding more space. Each exhale, maybe gently encouraging the leg a little closer towards you. Let's take two more breaths here on this side. And now your right leg will straighten out along the floor. Both sides of the strap will come into your right hand. And once again, imagine that clock face in front of you. Your left leg is at 12 o'clock. You're going to take your left leg over to the right to around one or two o'clock and begin to breathe into the outside of the leg and the outer hip. Meet any intensity of the stretch with a longer, slower, deeper breath. And keep thinking of rolling your outer left hip away from you as you gently encourage the toes towards you. Let's take this a little deeper. From two o'clock, you're now going to allow that left leg to keep travelling over to where three or four o'clock would be. Feeling the stretch move, it might now be in the outside of the shin, down the outside of the leg, wherever it goes to. Just breathe into the stretch. Really long, slow breaths. And once more, if you want that little more intensity to end, begin to push into your left heel, really feeling that left heel press, press, press away from you. Breathe into the extra depth. Let's take two more. Slowly draw the leg back up to centre. Take one breath with the left leg straight up in the air. And then allow your left leg to slowly release down onto the floor next to your right leg. Allow yourself a breath just to lay here now on your back. Feel how your body feels. Let's take a final twist once to either side to end. Bending back into your knees again, soles of your feet down flat onto the floor. Cross your right knee over the top of your left knee, so as though you're crossing your legs. Shift your bum a little bit over towards the right and then drop both of your knees over towards the left. Allowing your arms to release out to either side. Imagine this twist begins at your right shoulder, allowing your right shoulder blade to press down into the earth. And then breathing. Feeling this twist just ring out through the body. 
Maybe the left hand comes on top of the knees to guide things a little deeper if you need it. Two more breaths. Take a final inhale here as you exhale. Use your belly to come back to centre. Undo your legs so you've got your two feet down onto the floor again. And this time bring your left knee over the top of your right knee. So knee on top of knee. Shuffle your bum a little bit over towards the left hand side. Allow both of your knees to drop right. Don't force, just let the knees find their own way there. And then your arms reach out to the sides. Left shoulder blade heavy in the floor. Allowing yourself to deepen into the twist a little more with each breath. Maybe the right hand comes on top of the knees to guide things deeper. Let's take a last two full breaths here. Take a last deep inhale. As you exhale, draw your knees back to centre. Bring the two feet down flat onto the floor. And then bring the soles of your feet together. Allow your knees to drop out to either side. Place your hands once more either onto your belly or one hand belly, one hand on your chest. And just notice how you feel now. Post run. Post well chill yoga flow. Take as long as you need here to just breathe and rest. Before moving back into the rest of your day or evening ahead. Thank you so much for practicing with me. I hope you enjoyed that. If you'd like to keep up with where I am and what I'm doing, you can head to my website, kirstygalliger.com or on Instagram, kirstygalliger. I hope to get to flow with you again somewhere sometime soon. Thank you. Okay, guys, you've heard this a million times, but please, please, please do rate, review and subscribe to this show if you liked it. It really does help other runners in need of some help find the show and join our community too. Don't forget to use hashtag welfare on all your IG posts because I love seeing them, especially when I can't be bothered to run. It gives me that motivation I need. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.